I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. Growing up in a small and Christian community, I was judged and rejected for being gay and different. After a futile two-year attempt to change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and almost took my own life. Fortunately, in my darkest moment, I saw the light and ventured on a healing journey of love, forgiveness, and spiritual awakening. Yet my dating life since hasn't always been all roses and rainbows, and my past dramas and traumas have definitely kept things spicy. Fast forward past many awkward dates and disappointing sex, I created Can't Host to challenge toxic gay stereotypes, explore the complex dynamics of gay sex and relationships, and create opportunities for healing and growth. If you're a gay guy seeking more joy, freedom, and authenticity in your sex, life, and relationships, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Can't Host. I'm your host, George Lizos, and today we're talking about fitness. We're talking about feeling and looking our best. And my guest today is Steven Goldsmith, who is a gay online health and fitness coach with almost two decades of experience. Steven is a former actor, singer, and dancer who suffered from three herniated discs and learned to overcome the pain. And now he focuses on working with gay men primarily to help them reach their fitness and nutrition goals. Now, Pride Month is coming up, the summer is coming up, we're all thinking about losing weight, getting into our best shape, so we can take our shirt off and feel confident on the beach during Pride. So I thought this would be a great time to release this episode and talk all about sculpting bodies that we love. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to working out. Steven shares whether there is an ideal workout and his favorite workouts for both losing weight and gaining muscle, mindset shifts that we can have for better fitness, also how to not get overly obsessed with fitness and just really be in it for the enjoyment factor. He talks about how to keep ourselves accountable and why motivation doesn't really work. We talk about the importance of stretching and flexibility and two different types of stretching that you can do before and after exercise. We bust so many myths that I definitely had around exercising and losing weight. Whether it's important to change up your workout routine, complementary modalities that support our body's health, and also a hack that we can use to get quickly toned up. Let's say, for example, you have a photo shoot, you have to go somewhere and you want to look your best. What can you do to pump things up a little bit more? If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. Come find us on Instagram. I am at George Lizas and you can find Stephen at Stephen Durance and all the links are in the show notes below. Let us know how you enjoyed the episode and I'm so excited for you to listen to this. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I am well. It's so lovely to chat to you. And I'm so excited to chat all about fitness because summer is coming. Pride month is coming. Everybody's thinking about getting those abs, getting that, uh, that chest pumped up. And I certainly do. I have a photo shoot on Tuesday. And, and one of my questions that I had prepared was, how do I tone it up right before the workout? But we're going to get into all of that in, in today's episode. But before we get into fitness and nutrition, et cetera, I want to hear a little bit about your own personal story to getting to do this work and your whole journey to being here. So basically, I, for my whole life, I was a, a musical theater performer and I was doing um, Broadway shows and whatnot as I got older. 
um, and got out of college. I had always been somewhat of an athlete. I started roller skating and speed skating when I was a kid. I grew up in Miami. And then as time went on, I was, you know, learning to, to kind of fuse both my athleticism and what I was doing with my body to perform. Because being a performer, you, you're an athlete. You're performing eight shows a week. You're dancing. You're singing. Your vocal cords are a muscle, you know, just like anything else in your body. So it takes a lot of conditioning and taking care of yourself to be able to maintain that. And then somewhere down the line, I wound up injuring myself. I was doing the show Jersey Boys and I was understudying, yeah. I was understudying Frankie Valley. I was playing Joe Pesci in the ensemble. Wow. And I wound up herniating discs in my lower back. So L3 through L5. At the time, I think it was L4 and L5. And then it's progressed as I've gotten older because of degeneration. And then after a while, it, it got to a point where I realized I couldn't really do these shows anymore. My back wasn't holding up. I was having trouble really getting good breath support and maintaining good vocal health. And it wound up being really detrimental, not only to my physical health, but my emotional and mental health. I was beating myself up mentally, feeling bad that I wasn't able to maintain these these shows. I was losing my voice more often because I was getting more heady and I was getting more um, psychologically, I was damaging myself basically because I was trying to maintain everything. So I started to pivot and I went into to work at Flywheel. Flywheel was indoor cycling company that was SoulCycle's biggest competition. And then I started to realize that I could do performing and physical fitness at the same time. It was sort of a way to like be on a stage and perform while also taking care of my body and helping other people achieve their goals. Yeah. And throughout that time, um, I started to learn more about the body. And then I wound up becoming a master instructor for Flywheel. I eventually moved over to Equinox, where I am now a group fitness manager. I teach other people how to teach group fitness and how to teach cycle. I'm a certified personal trainer. I have my NASM certification. And so I started taking on private clients as well as group fitness. And that's sort of where we landed Today, one of my friends that I did Rock of Ages with many years ago, we both had talked about building a business together. And we sort of went our own separate ways, not because we didn't want to work together, just because she lives in London. I live here. It was a little challenging to do that. But she kind of got me on the trajectory of online coaching and yes. really taking care of people, especially during the pandemic, while everything was shut down, people were, needed a resource. And then it developed into the business that I have today. I love how you got to repurpose your skills from musical theater to uh, to performing, essentially, in, in a more fitness kind of way. Because, yeah, you're, you're right. Our body is our instrument. I'm currently in drama school as well. I was recently played Sky in a great production of Mamma Mia, which I absolutely loved. And right before we get into like more fitness question, I have a question like for you when it comes to like musical theater and acting. What are your top tips? for like actors and musical theater actors when it comes to fitness, like performing on stage. Because I realized when I was doing my layer all your love on me performance, I had to like do lifts and then they were lifting me and then I had to sing and I'm like, how do I do this? And I kept asking my, my coaches, like, what do I do? And they're like, you have to do like sit-ups before you start, make sure to really strengthen your diaphragm. Like, what are your top tips 
Yeah. So it's a really a, a tough balance, right? Because you want to make sure that you have good muscle mass and dense muscle mass to be able to support what you're doing. But you also don't want to get too tight to where you don't have any flexibility to be able to breathe properly, to be able to sing or get too much neck tension. So making sure that you're exercising enough and lifting weights to make sure you have enough dense muscle mass three to four times a week is ideal. Hitting the same muscle groups more than once a week. So twice a week is great. Making sure you're getting the appropriate amount of volume for each of those muscles to help support what you're doing in the show. And then probably doing things that are mimicking some of what you're doing in the show so that you've got some power moves, especially if you're lifting people over your head. Maybe you do things like a weighted ball slam so that you're really engaging your lats and you're using power to lift your arms up and bring them down. But the other most important thing I would say is nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. Yes. Most people do not eat enough protein. And most people don't eat enough calories to support the work that they're doing during the day. And I find that a lot of actors, they don't necessarily have enough protein. And in not eating enough protein, you're actually breaking your muscles down rather than supporting Mm. and rebuilding and repairing. So if you are someone who's stupid active with working out at the gym and doing shows and possibly rehearsals during the day. And if you live in a city like New York, where you're doing your shows during the day, you're also taking dance classes. You're also running around auditioning. How do you support all of that effort and energy that you're, that is your output? You've got to eat properly. You've got to find the proper macronutrients to support it. Yeah, are there specific diets that you do recommend when it comes to not just actors, but everyone in general? when it comes to like building up muscle and being fit? So building muscle, you really want to make sure that you have about, and this is, listen, there's a lot of nuance to this and there are a lot of different ways to go about it. But the general rule of thumb is about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. You can also do it off of your lean body weight, which is not including your body fat percentage. You can go a little bit higher depending on the amount of work that you're doing, but you've got to have approximately that amount of protein every day. You should also be having a lot of carbohydrates unless you're diabetic. If you're diabetic, clearly you can't have as many carbohydrates because your glycogen levels will be too high, right? So you want to make sure that your glucose is not spiked if you're diabetic. But if you're not, carbs are not the enemy. Carbs are your friend. So if you're diabetic, you can do something more keto. If you're not, you've got to have carbs. Carbs will help replenish your energy. It'll help you have the energy needed to um, support the work that you're doing. And it's a very, very important macronutrient. The other thing is carbs and protein have about four calories per gram, whereas fat has about nine calories per gram. Wow. Okay. So a lot of people think that they can just eat a lot of fat and it doesn't matter. But if you're trying to, let's say, lose weight, if you're going over and over indulging on your fats, you're probably not going to stay in the caloric deficit that you want. I always do whenever whenever I, uh, I diet or I try to lose weight, I do intermittent fasting. Is that something you would recommend, especially when it comes to like building muscle as well? It works for me when it comes to losing weight and, and being the way I want to look. Yeah. Intermittent fasting is totally a great tactic. It doesn't necessarily really restructure what your body composition is. It just kind of makes your stomach feel a little smaller to where you feel like you can't eat quite as much. So it really can help with 
if you're trying to be on a caloric deficit and lose weight, it can help with that. Some mm. people really believe in, and there's um, really great science to back up that fasting is great for longevity of life to help maintain healthier skin, to help maintain healthier organs. Because in reality, we, our bodies weren't built to just eat, eat, eat all the time. We were hunters and gatherers right yes. way back in the day. So we went for sometimes days without eating. So your body had to really learn how to hold on to a certain amount of food and energy and when to expend it. So although intermittent fasting is great, it's not the only way to do it, but it can be a really great tactic. Yes, what my dietitian told me when I when I went to her for that, he, she said it's it's a tactic that you can use short term, but then eventually you need to have something more balanced because as I've, I've realized myself, it's not always sustainable. I go through periods where I'm like, I'm doing it as a tactic to lose weight. And then I go back to like a more balanced kind of diet where I eat throughout the day. Okay, so let's take a step back and talk about, because you work a lot, particularly with gay guys. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear a little bit about your intention behind that. I mean, listen, I am a gay man. I've been in the situation where I've walked into a gym and felt really out of place, felt like I didn't belong there. And then I, I got to a place where I was like, no, I do belong here and I want to be healthy and I want to have a great body and I want to feel good about myself because it's not just about strengthening your body and getting muscle tone and looking, you know, like a... Uh, what what we would call like circuit boys, right? Yeah, it, it might be nice to to look like that, but it's also what happens to your mental state when you work out. The challenge of getting stronger will also make your mind stronger, not just your body. It'll make you feel more powerful. It'll make you feel like you're standing more in your own skin. And so if I can impart any of that knowledge and what I've been able to achieve and gain from that, and give that to our community that is struggling so much right now with everything that's going on in the world, then that is where I want to put my focus. I love our community. I used to hide who I was feeling ashamed. And there's no reason to do that. That has been put upon us by society and religion saying that we are less than and we are not. And if I can help other gay men achieve that level of clarity, then I, by God, I will do that. And I love your loving and very positive approach you bring to this conversation because there is a lot of comparison, judgment, and body shaming, especially in the gay community, because we, we have set such high standards for ourselves and we, we expect each other to be a certain way. We judge each other on like social media apps, Grindr, et cetera. So can you share a little bit about how you talk to your clients about body shaming and comparison and judgment? Yeah. So basically my rule of thumb is you're exercising to make yourself feel better. The way that you look is a byproduct of that. So yeah, it's great to have that goal and to say, I want to have a, a buy when summer is coming, like you said, right? I want to feel good. I want to go to the beach. I want to take my shirt off. I want to do all of those things. Do you have to be shredded in order to do any of those things? Absolutely yeah. not. Can it make you feel a little better and a little sexier? Sure. Might it give you more energy? Great. But again, the way that you look should always be the icing on the cake, not the only thing you're going after. You actually feel so much better. I mean, there is so much science backing this up while exercising makes you feel good. 
many people struggle with maintaining that, with keeping accountable, with keeping motivated. You see all the gyms are full in January and then by March, everybody like gives up. How do we keep ourselves accountable and how do we keep motivated so we don't lose that excitement for keeping healthy and exercising? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like we all rely on motivation and excitement, and it is not something that you can rely on. Okay. Motivation is very fickle. It comes and it goes. So it, it used to be we were taught, you know, when you're motivated, then you're going to start doing certain things. But actually, it's the other way around. Put one foot in front of the other and the motivation will come. Don't wait for the motivation, take action and the motivation will start to filter in because you'll start seeing a change. You'll start feeling a change and then you might start feeling more motivated. But unless you really structure something to create discipline in your life and mm -hmm. let the discipline be the leading thing that is taking you to your goals, you will probably fail because waiting for motivation, you'll be waiting forever. Right. Yes. And I, I love that word you, you mentioned there, structure and discipline. It's all about scheduling things. I always say, if, if, I, if I don't schedule something, it's not going to happen. If it's not in my planner, I'm not going to do it. So it's all about like keeping yourself accountable through these tactics. And there's, again, there's right. psychology behind why scheduling works and how it works. But something that really helped me with keeping myself accountable is just changing the way I identify and therefore shifting to my values. I identify as someone who works out. Instead of saying, I want to work out, I'm someone who works out. And therefore, it's part of my identity. It's part of my right. values. I am a person who works out. And therefore, I have to work out. And I want to work out. And it's a, it's a lifestyle shift, right? It's not just, I'm going to do this for a finite amount of time, get to my goal, and then I've hit my, my goal and I'm done. It's a lifelong journey. It's constantly taking care of yourself. And the problem is, is a lot of us don't prioritize ourselves, our health, and our well-being. We will do everything to work ourselves to the bone to make money and to take care of our family or our dog or our partner or whatever the case might be. But we don't put ourselves at the same priority as we do our jobs. You have to prioritize what you want out of your life, your goals, your health, your fitness at the same level as you do with your job. If you don't, like, let's say you didn't prioritize where you want to, uh, what you do with your job every day. And you just, let's say, just didn't show up or came in late all the time, you'd be fired. So yeah. you are making sure that you are getting there on time, doing a good job so that you can hold on to that job and be able to pay your bills. Well, you've got to do the same thing with working out exercise and nutrition. It's the only way to do it by making it that important. Anything less than that will make you fail. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it should be our first priority because without our body, without our health, then we can't perform at our optimal level in anything else we do. I mean, as I told you in drama school right now, I see people like my, my classmates, many of them don't even go to, don't even exercise, like nothing. And I'm like, our bodies are tool. If we don't exercise it, we're not going to be fit for roles. We're not going to be fit for like singing, et cetera. We cannot support ourselves. And that's true for everything else in life. Whatever it is we do, we need fitness, a, a set level of, of health, not just being ripped, et cetera. It's beyond that. It's just being healthy essentially right. to support right. ourselves. Right. Because also endorphins are released when you start exercising. So that makes people happier. What does she say in, um, in Legally Blonde? 
happy happy people don't kill people or or something like that, right? I think uh, so, yeah. You're taking care of yourself when you're working out and you're lifting weights and you're exercising. You're not just taking care of your physical body. You're taking care of your emotional body, yes. right? Everything that we do in life is all based in emotion. We yes. feel things so deeply and especially as gay men, we feel them even more deeply. Anyone who comes from or is part of a population that is constantly attacked is going to feel things more deeply, right? And we just, we do. So we have to work even harder sometimes to take care of ourselves. And taking care of yourself is going to the gym, eating healthily. And listen, if you're doing a show and let's say you're someone who considers themselves a quote unquote bigger person, that doesn't mean that you can't have physical fitness in your life. And that doesn't mean that you can't be healthy at a larger size. It just means you have to do things to condition yourself to be able to get through your shows. Yes. I love that you talked about the emotional body and, and how it's all interconnected mind, body, and spirit, because it is true. I have a friend who's my flexibility coach who tells me that flexibility is my therapy. Because if you think about it from like a psychological perspective, especially around like the gay community, but for everyone in general, when we exercise and we move our bodies and we move muscles and we flex different parts of our body, we have stuck traumas and emotions in those areas. And by stretching and becoming more flexible, we are releasing energy. We are releasing emotional trauma and we're able to access that trauma so we can heal it and move on. So it is a way for healing. If you think about it, not just physical healing, but also emotional, mental, psychological, and energetic healing as well. Have you noticed that with your clients that once they start working out and improving stuff are coming up for them to heal? Absolutely. And also the demons really rear their heads, right? Because again, it's an emotional journey. The thing about losing weight or putting on weight or whatever your goal is, that it's all math. It's not, it's not complicated. It's actually very simple, right? We just follow the science. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. What it boils down to is how much are you willing to make the change in your life? And a lot of people, the reason why people reach out to me and the reason why um, I coach people is because again, like I said, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm following the science. I'm doing all the things that are tried and true, but people need accountability. Mm. And when sometimes people are doing things on their own and they don't have someone there helping them along their journey, that's when they start to fall off the wagon. They lose their motivation. They stop being disciplined. The coach, my job is to constantly check in with my clients to make sure that they're supported, to make sure if they have questions, they don't feel defeated because they don't know how to do an exercise. And so they'll just walk out of the gym, throw their hands up in the air. They want guidance. So what I provide is guidance, accountability, and emotional support. And I always joke around with my clients, especially the ones that I'm first signing on. I am way more of a therapist than I am a health and fitness coach. Because again, like I said before, everything is emotional. Not overeating is emotional. Not undereating is emotional. Going to the gym and pushing past thresholds where you're trying to build more muscle or trying to get through a HIIT exercise, that is emotional. Yes, it's physical, but how do you get yourself to break through your your thresholds? How do you break through to the next level? How do you get stronger? 
all emotional. It's all mindset. You're so right. Okay, talking about working out and going to the gym, what are the biggest mistakes you see people making, especially gay guys? Um, I see people who go to the gym and do tons and tons and tons and tons of cardio oh. or take tons and tons and tons and tons of classes. Now, here's the thing. I love group fitness and I love classes and I think they're great. I'm not knocking them and I'm not saying that you can't achieve your goals. The problem is, is that if you're not going to the gym and repeating a certain set of workouts over and over and over and over again for several weeks, so that way you can go back to the gym, repeat those exercises and try to beat what you did the last time you did those exercises, you're not going to make progress. There's this idea that we're supposed to trick our body with all of these different movements all the time. And while that's good to keep your body guessing, you don't want to have your body go through the same movement patterns forever and ever, you have to stick to a certain protocol. Because if you don't, that would be like saying, I'm going to go do Mamma Mia and I'm going to have choreography for today, but tomorrow I'm going to have completely new choreography. And the day after that, completely new choreography. How are you going to build stamina? How are you going to build strength? How are you going to learn how to get stronger to do these shows every single night? It's the same with working out. If you're going to the gym and you're just changing it up and flying by the seat of your pants and not trying to improve upon what you did by more reps, more sets, more weight, or all of the above, you're probably not going to make the progress that you want. Mm. That's my long-winded number one. Number two. Yes. I see a lot of people who are just moving weights from point A to point B and not focusing on the quality of contraction. They're just doing these exercises and moving like away from point A to point B. You've got to focus on the quality of the contraction. If you're just moving weights, you're probably using body momentum and not focusing on the muscle group that you're working in that specific exercise, which going back to group fitness is also one of the issues with not being able to really focus on that because you're in a very like quick timed environment where you have to just get through things, right? And you want to keep up with the class. So it's really hard to focus on form and really hard to progress when things are constantly changing. I remember one of my, 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 my trainer in the past used to tell me really mentally focus on the muscle moving. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And then, and then it all makes sense because when you focus on it, then you're focusing on that muscle and the quality of that contraction. And therefore you feel it more and you get more out of it. And I also really enjoy that you talked about staying on the same exercise routine and then building that up to build up stamina, because that's something that I've been told by trainers my entire life. You have to keep switching things up all the time. And I don't like switching things up all the time. I like doing so every few months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you need, right. You need to do that sometimes just for your mental state, because after yes. a while you bored, right? And you, you kind of hit an emotional wall because again, it's emotional. So yes. yeah, eventually you do want to change things up. Absolutely. 100%. But you have to stick to a certain thing for a certain amount of time to really improve upon what you're trying to do to build that yeah. foundation, get stronger and stronger and stronger, and then switch it up. Yeah. To optimize essentially before you go into a, the next level. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. What do most gay guys want to achieve? Sadly, maybe not sadly, but what you said before, we can be a very judgmental community as well, mm -hmm. right? With all the 
apps out there and people want to look ripped and amazing. I find that most gay men want to have really big muscles, want to be really ripped, want to have the six pack. I find that that's primarily what people want. But not always. It's probably, Hmm. I would say, like 85% of my clients are looking for that. And some are like, I don't have to be stupid ripped and have these crazy bulging muscles. I just want to feel more comfortable taking my shirt off. I'm I'm of the same opinion as well. I want to look toned, but not necessarily ripped. But I feel like most guys, I mean, from, from my chats, it's focusing on the abs and also the butt. How do we not get overly obsessed with fitness? Because it can get addictive to the point that it's maladaptive, that it's hurting us rather than helping us. Right. Emotionally and physically. A lot of people will go to the gym and they will go for hours and hours. They'll go six times a week, seven days a week. They're not giving themselves time to recover. In order to build muscle density, you have to work out really hard and lift really heavy for your body, not to where you're going to break form and you're going to injure yourself, but really heavy for your body that challenges you. But you want to make sure that you give those muscles time to repair post-workout. So you should be going maybe three, maybe four times a week, really lifting the proper amount of volume for each muscle group. So for each muscle group, you want to hit anywhere from about 10 to 20 sets of different exercises for each muscle group, right? Now, for someone who's more of a novice, maybe it's closer to 10 every week. For someone who is more advanced, maybe closer to 20 during each week. Now you can go below 10, you can go above 20. It depends on what your goal is, but that's kind of a good place to start and guide yourself. So let's say you're doing a chest day as opposed to doing full body, right? And you're doing, let's say seven different exercises, three to four sets, each one, you are going way over that amount of volume you need to hit per week. So you're actually going to start breaking your muscles down. You're going to start your place to your body to a place where you might injure yourself. So instead of thinking of the quote unquote bro split of doing a chest day, a back day, it's better to hit your muscles two times per week so that you have more force to put behind those um, those exercises. So if you do a couple of chest exercises one day, but then you do a couple another day as well, then you're hitting it two times a week and probably getting the volume that you need for the entirety of the week. Yes, I always had a question about whether I should focus on specific muscles or just do the whole body exercise. And when I did a personal training a couple of years ago, my trainer was like, if you're only working out three times a week, do full body workouts so you can get those muscles at least like two or two to three times a week, which, which makes a lot of sense. You also have to take into account that when you're doing certain exercises, you're hitting other body parts as well. If you're doing a bench press, you're not just hitting your pecs, you're hitting your triceps and your shoulders, your yeah. anterior shoulders. If you're doing a lat pull down, let's say you're working your biceps as well yes. as your back and your shoulders a little bit, you're also getting a little bit of chest work in there because your chest yeah. is assisting on the negatives. So you have to remember that you're targeting more muscles than you think. And if you want to get the most bang for your buck in the least amount of time, then yeah, doing full body workouts are great or doing something like I'm going to do an upper body, anterior, lower body, posterior workout. And then the next day I'm going to do a posterior, upper body and anterior, lower body workout. 
yes. and then go back and forth between those. Then you're still getting upper and lower body together. You're giving your upper body enough time to recover while you're doing your lower body and vice versa. Yes. And then you don't have to go to the gym five, six, seven times a week. Yeah. You can optimize it this way. Love it. Optimize. And should cardio always be part of a workout? If you're trying to lose weight, it can be. But here's the thing. You do not ever have to do cardio to lose weight and get the body composition you want. Hmm. Larger muscle mass means your body is going to burn more calories even at rest. So you turn your body into a furnace, into a machine, the more dense your muscle mass is. Not only that, but thicker, denser muscle mass will give you denser bone. So as we age, it's very important to have larger muscle mass so that we can have larger bone density and keep ourselves from getting brittle bones that will break, right? Yes. You, you want to make sure that you're building that muscle density to support your entire skeletal system. That's why when people go in and do tons and tons of cardio, they're really just burning calories. I, I heard a... Um, I, I read something actually on Instagram, I forget who it was, but said something like cardio is like investing is like day trading, whereas lifting weights is like investing long term in like a mortgage, right? The, the long term, you're going to get more out of it rather than that short term quick fix. It's why people yo-yo a lot when they do a lot of cardio or you'll hear people say, I want to lose weight before I start lifting. So I just want to do a bunch of cardio. It's the wrong way to go about it. Yes. Cardio is great for heart health. It's great for endurance. It's something that you should put into your, your routine, but you don't need it to lose weight. It can help speed the process up a bit, but it is not necessary if you're lifting heavy enough and sticking to a good protocol and eating properly. Love how we're busting the myths. And let's talk a little bit about flexibility because that and stretching, because that's something that I don't see many people do. Not many people pay attention to this. And since I started like private flexibility coaching, I realized how important it is. And I remember, because I do a lot of yoga, I used to do a lot of body balance and I would go to the body balance class and I was pretty flexible when I went and I would see these muscly guys coming in and not being able to like pull through the whole thing because yes, they had like big muscles, but they were so inflexible. Is flexibility important? Should it be part of the workout and how? Absolutely. You want to have flexibility because your muscles need to move through the full range of motion in order to get stronger, right? You want your, mu your muscles are always going to take the path of least resistance. So if you're not stretching, if you're not getting knots out of your body, your body's going to work around the knots. It's going to work mm. in a shorter range of motion and you're going to injure yourself most likely, or you're going to have some ailments along the way or some tweaks and pulls. That being said, you want to make sure you're stretching in the appropriate way before mm. and after working out. So for pre-workouts, you want to do dynamic stretching, which is more moving. It's more getting your body moving into the, the movement patterns you're about to do. So for my clients, let's say if they're going to do chest press, I'll have them start at, let's say they'll do a hundred pounds for a, a chest press. I'll say, great. You're going to warm up with two sets. First set is going to be 50% of that weight. So 50 pounds mm. after that, you go to 75% of your weight. So 75 pounds. And then once you've done that and taken the appropriate rest between each set, then you start getting into your working sets at the working weight that you want. 
after you're done working out, that's when you want to do static held stretching. The problem with doing static held stretching beforehand is your muscle fibers, they want to get tighter and stronger and contract, right? So if you go through these long static stretches before or during the middle of your workouts, you're stretching your muscle fibers apart when they're trying to tighten up. So you're you're doing yourself a disservice by doing those long stretches before. Long stretches after, absolutely. Dynamic stretches before, 100%. The last thing I'll say is, if you have knots and things in your body, you always want to roll out those knots before you stretch for the same path of least resistance scenario, right? You want to make sure that you are getting rid of those knots and nodules. So when you stretch, you're not stretching around them, you're stretching through them. But a lot of people you'll see, well, let's say they want to roll something out. They'll take a roller and they'll roll up and down, back and forth, back and forth, which just causes more irritation. What you want to do is roll around until you find a tender spot. Sit at that tender spot for anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds or longer until it starts to release. Hmm. And then you know that after you've held that like kind of acupressure point and it releases, then you move on to the next point. Then you stretch afterwards. Wow, I had no idea about the di- the difference between the dynamic and the static stretching, and it makes so much sense the way you explained it. And speaking about like knots, etc., let's talk about a, a little bit about complementary modalities to fitness that help. I've started do, well, I do massages like monthly, but also I go to a chiropractor every two months, mm-hmm. and I realize that from dancing, from acting, from exercising, things move around, and she needs to reoptimize me. Can you talk a little bit about any complementary modalities that you feel are important for fitness? Yeah, absolutely. Body work is so essential, especially if you're using your body as your instrument, you're using it for your job. Even if you're not using it for your job and you're working out hard, that's still very important, right? Massage is great. Deep tissue massage any kind of acupuncture. I love acupuncture. And sometimes I feel that works a little better than actual deep tissue massage because you're not getting the force of pushing back to where your body tends to tighten up. But yes. that's not that's not always the case, right? It depends on what your needs are. Going to a chiropractor is great. Again, it depends on what your needs are. But I would say that the biggest thing is stretching something like a Theragun or a Hypervolt. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to advertise for those two brands, but something like that, a massage gun can also be great. I have an acupressure mat. It's called Bed of Nails. You can get it on Amazon or you can get it on lots of places. It comes with a neck pillow. It can be very uncomfortable if you're doing it without a shirt on, but if you wear a thin shirt or put a thin cloth between you and it, it's a lot more bearable, but it's kind of like, it's the acupressure, acupuncture style, right? It pinpoints your muscles where there are places that you're holding or you have knots, and it's allowing that to just slowly release and open up. It is one of the best things for me, especially with my lower back problems. Lying on that mat has saved my back so many times. They have become so popular right now, and I want to get one. Thankfully, right now, my friend's visiting who's an acupuncturist, so he's going to practice on me tomorrow, so I'm going to ask him to focus on that. (laughs) Absolutely. It's fantastic. Oh, and water, 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 water. Uh, People don't do enough water intake. 
They don't make sure they're getting enough electrolytes. They don't have the proper branch chain amino acids that they need in their body in order to help repair. So there are all of these different um, micronutrients and things that your body does need to help with repair. Now, there yes. are a lot of supplements that are out on the market that I wouldn't say you yeah. need all of them, right? Some of them are just flashy designs and trying to get you to spend more money and there's not enough science behind them. But things like protein supplements for post-workout that will like get right into your bloodstream and help you repair. BCAAs, branched chain amino acids are great for your body to help repair as well. Water and electrolytes, magnesium to help support you with um, resting and repair. Calcium is very important. There are so many things that are very important that you should be taking if you're not getting it from a varied diet through food. Exactly. That's why we all need to have like a personalized plan because not every single body is different. We have different needs depending on our lifestyle, depending on what we want to achieve. So working with someone like, like you is a great way to like get that personalized plan there. Now, my final yeah. question is a little bit like ego focused. <laughs> Let's say, for example, where it's pride tomorrow and we want to take our shirt off. Or in my case, I have a beach photo shoot on Tuesday and I want to look at my best. Is there something we can do to tone ourselves up right before it? Yeah, yes and no. But a lot of that yes. stuff is going to can be detrimental to your health. So you just want to be careful. A yes. lot of times the way we look a lot leaner is by taking a lot more water out of our body, which is what a lot of people will do before a photo shoot, right? There are like protocols that you can follow that bodybuilders before going into a competition will use mm. uh, to, to take water out of their body. But if you're going to a pride event, most likely you're going to be drinking. You're going to be outside where it's really hot. And listen, I'm not judging, but there are party drugs out there and people are going to do them whether we say they should or not, right? That's the reality of the gay world and partying. Yes whether you think that's appropriate or not. So my caution in saying pulling water out of your body, not, probably not the best scenario because a bodybuilder, someone who's going into a competition or a photo shoot will get very, very weak and feel very, yes. very dizzy. It is very hard work oh, wow. to get yourself to that place. So when they're on stage, a lot of times their muscles will start cramping and they will feel like complete shit while they're doing, I'm sorry, I just... I hope that I can swear on here. Definitely swear on this podcast. It's very explicit. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I swore yet, but in any case, I just did. So um, yeah, you want to be very, very careful about doing those things. Now, things that you can do, yeah, just make sure maybe you're not having quite as many carby things the day the, the days leading up to it. Maybe you want to pull some carbs out and then kind of give yourself some more carbs the day of, because then it'll tell your body to work extra hard to break that down. And that can help with a little bit of yes. looking a little more lean. Maybe not drinking tons and tons of water, but having enough water so that you stay hydrated. And also... If you want to have a little bit of a pump, you know, make sure that you work out and go right to your parties or your events right after you're done working out. That pump will last about two hours. So if you want that little pride pump, do it right before you go out. <laughs> we'll stick to the long-term plan here. I think yeah. that is the best yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Stephen, you've been a wealth of information. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your uh, your wisdom. Can you please share a little bit about where can people find you, get in touch with you, and work with you? Yes. So um, thank you so much for having me. Again, I love supporting anyone who's who's part of empowering and uplifting our community. We are a community, and we need to stick together, and we really need to help each other, yes. especially now. Always but especially now. Um, I work with clients all over the world. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Stephen Durrance. So it's my name and endurance put together. Stephen with a V. So it's S-T-E-V-E-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E. My website is www.stephendurance.com. If you're interested in working with me, you can go to my website. There's a quick form that you can fill out and we'll hop on a call. I'll learn more about your goals. You can learn about my style and see if we're a good fit. And you can also DM me on Instagram. I also have TikTok. It's also Stephen Durrance on there as well. And um, I also have a Facebook page that's also Stephen Durrance. And all the links will be available in the show notes below. Stephen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any insights or a story to share, message me on Instagram at George Lizos and tell me all about it. I would love to hear from you.